This audio sermon is brought to you by the House of Intercessory Prayer Ministries. For more information, please visit www.hipm.org. So, as we continue the series on temple builders, if you remember last week, we spent a good amount of time understanding what this man of God did in the kingdom of God by name Ezra. And today we are going to talk about another man of God who was mightily used by God in the temple building ministry. His name is Nehemiah. His name is Nehemiah. So as we know the history of the children of God, as they were taken as captives to Babylon for 70 long years, to be captives in the land of Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar. They lived as captives for 70 long years. They had a very terrible time in their lives as they were taken by the taskmasters in that land. But God orchestrated their return to their native land in a supernatural way. And as we know the history, some of us are very good in history, as we know, the first batch of captives from Babylon came to the land of Judah under the leadership of Zerubbabel. And the word of God says, God stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus, an ungodly man, a pagan god, to build the temple of God. And he called Zerubbabel, he was a governor at that point of time in the land of Babylon, And he asked him to go to your own land to build the temple for me. Zerubbabel came to Judah after 70 years being away from that land and he came and built the temple of God. Now almost 80 years later, since the first return under the leadership of Zerubbabel, God called Ezra, the priest and the scribe. He called Ezra and he asked Ezra to take another group of people back to Jerusalem. So another set of Jews, they came back to Jerusalem under the leadership of Ezra. We last week, we talked about it. Fourteen years later, from the time Ezra took the second batch of captives back into Jerusalem, fourteen years later, in the year 444 BC, 444 before Christ, God called Nehemiah to bring the remnants of the Judah, of the Jewish people, back into Jerusalem. So we are talking about the third batch of people who came back from the captivity back into Jerusalem. And as we saw last week, we talked about Ezra coming back to Jerusalem after being captive for 70 years. And the first batch was led by Zerubbabel. So Ezra is coming 80 another years later. And when Ezra came to Jerusalem, he came there with a great expectation of seeing the temple of God flourishing. Because Zerubbabel came and built the temple of God, and it is 80 years by now. But when Ezra came, last week we talked about Ezra was totally disappointed by seeing the things that were going on in the land of Israel. What were the three things? Any of you remember? What three things were going on in the land of Israel? Worshipping the pagan gods. The mixing of the people, the intermarriage of people, the Jewish people, they are getting married to non-Jewish people. And then, good. Then, they also desecrated the Sabbath, right? 
on the Sabbath day, on the Sunday, they were running their shops. They were keeping their shops and they were all into business. The temple of God was empty. There was no, there were nobody on the te- in the temple of God. And they were also physically, they were threatened by the enemies they were living around. And Ezra, seeing all these things, he got totally disappointed. And he prayed to God that God may send the revival. And he was trying to preach the word of God among the people of God. And that situation continued for another 14 years now. People were living in their darkness. They were not coming closer to God. Now at that point of time, God called Nehemiah to go as he takes the remnant of the captives back into Jerusalem. And God called him and he told I see the the distress and the reproach of my people, what they are going through in Jerusalem. And he called him and he asked him to go back. We read that from the book of Nehemiah. Let's turn our Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. The book of Nehemiah. You know, most of the time, the Old Testament books are very interesting because they are history. And, you know, when we do our Daniel, the Daniel Bible study, most of the time we take the word of God and we lay it over the history and we find out exactly the word of God matches with history. So we are reading from Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekaliah. It came to pass in the month of Chrislev in the 20th year as I was in Shushan, the citadel, that Hanani one of my brethren came with men from Judah and I asked them concerning the Jews who have escaped, who had survived the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. So Nehemiah was inquiring with his brethren what is really going on in Judah. And verse 3 says, And they said to me, The survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burnt with fire. Nehemiah, after 14 years of after Ezra, when he listened to the people who came from Judah, this is what he gets. He's, he gets an information saying that the people who are in Jerusalem, they are living in distress. They are so oppressed. They are living in darkness. And more than that, the walls of Uh, Jerusalem is completely broken. You know, in those days, wall around a city is very, very important. A city without a wall is open to the attack of the enemy. If a city is not having a wall, that means the people who are living in that city, they are in great danger. They are in great danger because the enemy can walk into the city at any point of time and destroy the city. So walls around the city was very, very important in those days. Now, when Nehemiah heard the report saying that the wall is completely broken and people are not at all happy, you know what Nehemiah did? Nehemiah did something very important. Word of God says, when Nehemiah heard about this, let's read verse 4. So it was when I heard these words when I, that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I believe there were many other people, they heard what is really going on in the city of Jerusalem, but they didn't pay any attention. But this man of God, when someone spoke to him saying that this is what is going on in Jerusalem, word of God says, 
he sat down and he wept. He was crying in his heart. And he was mourning. He was weeping and he was crying. And the word of God says he was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. You know, even today it is so true. When people talk about so many things going on in different parts of the globe, when we hear, hear about something that is going on, you know, God puts that burden in our heart to hearts to pray for those things. Not everyone does that. Not everyone do this, behave the same way. But, you know, when God puts a burden, at times, you know, we neglect that burden. But God is telling us, as Nehemiah, we need to take that burden that God puts in our hearts. And we need to take it and we need to move forward. That's what exactly Nehemiah did. He was just sitting there and he was thinking about his native land. And he was crying, Lord, what is going on in my land? And he was fasting and praying to the God of heavens. That's what the scripture says. Let's try to find out who this man, Nehemiah, was. Let's read some other scriptures. Probably we'll read from verses 10 and 11. In fact, in the first chapter, the remaining scriptures were are the prayer of Nehemiah. He was praying to God. God, Lord God, you remember my, your people. You remember your own people whom you brought from the land of Egypt. Lord, you remember them, Lord. You remember them. He was crying out to God. And when it comes to verse 10, he, verse 10, he says, Now these are your servants and your people, whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. And verse 11 says, O Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to, to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name. And let your servant prosper this day. I pray and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. He was also praying for himself. Lord, I have the burden to do the work of God. But Lord God, I need your grace. And he says, for I was the king's cupbearer. All that Nehemiah was doing is he was the cupbearer of the king. When king wants to drink something, probably he has to pour the wine in the cup and he has to go and get, give the cup to the king. That was his job. Nehemiah was a cupbearer. You know, in those days, since many kings, they were really poisoned. As they, as they take the drink, you know, they were poisoned to death. So the, the kings, they used to appoint one individual who is really trustworthy. And Nehemiah was appointed as a trustworthy man in the kingdom, that's what the word of God says. And when he came to the king with a glass of wine in his hand to hand it over the king, word of God says the king looked at his face and he asked him, why your face is sad? And king also said, that must be, you are physically, you are fit, you are not sick. That must be the sickness of your heart. You know, your heart is going through, going through some trouble. Probably that's the reason you are so sad. And Nehemiah was afraid how he is going to open this topic with the king. He replied, may the king live forever. My face is sad because my own city where my ancestors were buried, the walls are broken down. People there, they are living in distress. And the king asked him, what can I do for you? And Nehemiah, for a moment, he made a silent prayer to God. Lord, I need grace before I tell him that I want to go back to my nation. Because he was a trustworthy, he was a loyal servant of that king. And with that prayer, he said, send me to the city of Judah so that I may go and I rebuild that city. We are talking about a temple builder. Even though Nehemiah didn't build a temple of God, but he built a wall of protection surrounding the temple of God. We read that in chapter 2. Let's read a couple of scriptures from chapter 2. 
Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Adesexes, when wine was before him, that I took the wine and gave it to the king. Now I heard never before, I had never been said in his presence before. Therefore, king said to me, why is your face sad? Since you are not sick, this is nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid. Verse 3 says, and said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tomb, tombs lies waste and its gates are burned with fire? Then the king said to me, what do you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. Verse 5, and I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild the city. You know, that was his request, asking king to send him back to Jerusalem to build the city, build the walls around the city. Nehemiah arrived Jerusalem. When Nehemiah arrived Jerusalem, scripture says, he stayed there for three days in Jerusalem. And in the night times, he took some of the fellow men along with him, and he went around the city during the night time to see what is going on in the city. You know, when God puts a burden in our heart, when God is asking us to do something, when something is going on in some, somebody's life or some other part of the world, and God puts that burden in our heart to pray for them, you know, if we are true children of God, we don't keep quiet. We just go and find out what is really going on. Probably if we are not able to go there, we just go to the internet and find out what is really going on in that nation. What, how the children of God are in terrible situation in that nation. We try to find out what is really going on. Nehemiah was doing that. He was just going around the city during night to find out exactly what is really going on in that place. And scripture says, he found the ruins of the city. The walls are completely broken. And Nehemiah called all the leaders of Judah and he challenged them saying that, come on, let's rebuild that wall around Jerusalem. And scripture says they all agreed. They all agreed to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. Let's read chapter 2, verses 17 to 18. Then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in. Look at the trouble we are in. Look at the days we are living in. How Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burnt with fire. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. Come on, let's build the wall of Jerusalem. He was encouraging the leaders. And verse 18 says, And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. Look at the testimony. He's saying that Nehemiah called all the leaders and he was testifying how the Lord has been good, like we were testifying today. How the Lord has been good in my life. And he also said, look at the favor of the king on my life. He was testifying and that testimony was powerful. That testimony made the leaders to believe him. And he said, so they said, they said, all the leaders together, they said, let us rise up and build then they set their hands to this good work. They started, they came in agreement to start the work of God. And the building work started. Each group was assigned to a section to rebuild. Because they need to rebuild the whole city, whole wall around the city. 
And the whole of chapter 3, the way the work was divided between different groups, and the way the work was sectioned, and the work was continuing there. We read that in the whole chapter 3. So they built the gates. They built a wall around the city. They also made repairs filling by filling those gaps in the wall because wall needs to be built in order to bring the protection of the city. Now, as they were working, Scripture says there were some non-Jewish people. They tried different tactics to interfere with the building work. You know, when God's work is going on, today people in this world, they'll try to interfere with the work of God because they want to put down the work of God. Exactly that, that's what is going on. Let's read chapter 2, verses 19 to 20. We'll just go back to chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. But when Sanballat and uh, the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite officials, and Geshem the Arab heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, What is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebuild again the king? Will you rebel again the king? So I answered and said to them, The God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore we his servants will arise and build, but you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. You know, non-Jewish people, they started teasing them. They just, just, just laughing at them, saying that, they were just despising them, saying that, what are you going, trying to do here? Are you rebelling against the king by building the wall? You are a little group of people, what are you trying to do? You know, that, these, these are the words of non-Jewish people. They were just trying to tease at them. And if you go, turn with me further into chapter 4. Let's read a couple of scriptures there. Verses 1 to 3, chapter 4. But it so happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. Sanballat, he just walked nearby as the people of God, they were building the wall. And you know what? This is what he spoke. Verse 2 says, And he spoke before the brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? You know, look at the way people, you know, they were, he was saying, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifice? Will they complete it in a day? The way they are working looks like they are going to complete the building of the wall in a day. They were just teasing at them. Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? Stones that are burnt? And now Tobiah, the Ammonite, was besides him. And he said, whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. You know, look at the way they were teasing. Even Let them build. Even a fox walks on the wall. It is the, the stones are going to be thrown away. What are they building? What these people are trying to do? You know, they are just trying to tease at Sanbalat and Dabaya. Today, is it not going on today? When people, when we try to do something for God, people will look at, what is this, this small bunch of people they are trying to do? You know, they are little immigrants maybe in this nation. What they are trying to do here? You know, that's a question. That's a question from concern from people around us. But Nehemiah, he was very focused for the work for which God called him. And as we continue to read, Scripture says there were oppositions came from different directions. There were oppositions came from ungodly people. You know, when they heard that the wall is being restored, they were plotting to fight with Nehemiah. 
Shall we just quickly go to verse 7 of chapter 4? Now it happened when Sanballat and Tobiah, the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdotites, heard that the wall of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were being beginning to be closed, then that they became very angry. Verse 8 says, And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. People around them, all, all the ungodly people, those who are not believing in God, they came together and they are conspiring against Nehemiah and the people of Jerusalem and they wanted to destroy, they wanted to come against them to attack them. You know, the enemy, he really doesn't like the work of God. When we try to do something for God, when we try to take a step of faith and do something for God, the enemy doesn't really like. He brings people on our way. And he brings people on our way to fight against us, to do, you know, to speak discouraging words against us. That's what exactly going on here in the life of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah had to protect the work of God. Scripture says that very clearly. We are going to see that in a moment. As people are coming against the work of God, it was Nehemiah's duty to protect the work of God. He, word of God says, he set watches during day and night. He said, watch us during day and night. We read that in verse 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. You know, when something happens against us, Nehemiah not only just prayed, he knew that people are coming against him. He didn't just pray that and leave everything to God, thinking that God will take care of everything, but he was also doing something else. Scriptures very clearly says here, verse 9, Nevertheless, we made our prayer to God. Certainly true that we made prayer to God. And because of them, we also set watch against them day and night. Now, when we pray to God, we also need to act. We also need to protect. We also need to do everything in order to protect the temple of God, protect the work of God. Nehemiah was trying to do that. Nehemiah was doing it. And he says, we will do the work of God. In the same time, we will also protect the work of God. You know, it was very interesting to see how they were working. Let's go to verse 17, chapter 4. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens lowered themselves so that with one hand they worked at the construction and with another hand they held a weapon. Can you ever imagine? They had only two hands. In one, one hand they were constructing and with one hand, they were handing, holding the weapon. Why? Because they need to work. And at the same time, they need to protect the work of God. They need to work and they need to protect the work of God. You know, today, this is something which has to continue, which has to go on and on as we do work for God, as we stand for God. We need to continue the work. At the same time, we need to protect the work of God. And scripture says in verse 18, everyone on the bill of the builders had his sword girded at the side as he built. They were just having sword in there with them, and they were building. And the one who sounded trumpet was beside me. At any moment, the enemy comes. <clears throat> they, he will blow the trumpet. And all the builders, they need to just leave their, you know, building equipments, and they need to take their sword to fight against the enemy. You know, that's how they were building. You know, when we hear the persecution which is really going on in the Middle East, I'm, I'm sure most of you know about it by now. Can we stop serving God? 
It's a question in our mind. Look at the way people are persecuted in Iran and uh, you know, the Middle East, in Iraq. Can we just stop everything? Can we just stop everything? Because there are, if we continue to serve the Lord, maybe the persecution may come even on us one day. Nehemiah was exactly in the same position. If he can stop the work, nobody is against him. But if he continues the work, there are people coming against him. It is same today even. We cannot stop everything and we cannot, you know, stop everything just because there is a position. Scripture says very clearly, Nehemiah continued the work and at the same time he also protected the work of God. You know, Scripture says we need to wear the armaments, armors of God. In Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 to 18, Ephesians chapter 6, 10 to 18 will not really go there. Word of God says, we need to wear the armor of God around us. Why? Because as we live on this earth, there will be opposition. We will go through many trials and tribulations as we live on this world. But we need to gird ourselves with the armor of God. What are the armor of God? Word of God says, gird your waist with truth. This word of God is the truth. This word of God is the truth. So we need to gird ourselves with the word of God. Today, as we, they, we were testifying, we are talking about, Sister Mary was mentioning about the word of God, the power in the word of God. And Debbie was mentioning the word of God during the worship. Well, there is power in the word of God. We need to study the word of God. The scripture is given to us to study. And as we study the scripture, the word of God, we need to start walk in the word of God. We need to assimilate. We need to digest the word of God. Scripture is the word of God. It's the truth. We need to gird ourselves with the truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, we do try to do things in the right way. Try to do things right in front of God as well as in front of people. Shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel. We need to be ready to share the gospel to somebody. Word of God says these are the armors of God that we need to wear. And taking the shield of faith. And take the helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God again. Praying always with prayer and supplication in spirit. And being watchful. Being watchful. You know, these are the armor of God God expects us to have. Nehemiah was working in the temple of God. The wall, building the wall of God. Wall of Jerusalem. And he was also protecting the work of God. And as we continue in Nehemiah uh, chapter 5 verses 1 to 5. We'll not read that. We see that there is a great discouragement coming on their way from his own people. What kind of discouragement? The builders become so discouraged. Because their fellow Jews, their own people, were exploiting them by giving money and taking high interest. By providing money to them and they were taking high interest. You know, they mortgaged or they pledged all their houses and lands because they are not able to pay back the money. They are not able to pay back the heavy interest that was put upon these people. They borrowed money because they need to pay the heavy tax to the king. You know, they were going through so much of difficulties. Word of God says they were so discouraged. They even they had to sell their sons and daughters as in slavery in order to pay back the money. They were going through real distress. And they need to work in the temple of God. They were building the walls, but same time they were not encouraged. They were so discouraged. And word of God says in Nehemiah chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. When Nehemiah heard about this, 
Word of God says, he became very angry when I heard this outcry and these words. Verse 7 says, after serious thought, I rebuked the nobles and rulers and said to them, each of you is exacting ushery from his brother. So I called a great assembly against them. Nehemiah called everybody. You are taking too much of interest from our own people. Stop doing it. Nehemiah didn't allow that to continue. Nehemiah became very angry when he had heard about this. And they also demanding money for, from, for them. And he, he is saying that in verse 11, restore now to them, even this day, their lands. Give all their lands back to them, the lands which you have taken. Because they are not able to pay the money. Their vineyards and their olive groves and their houses, also a hundred of the money and the grain, the new wine and the oil that you have charged them. Give everything back to them. Nehemiah told them very clearly. So there were discouragement for the people coming from their own. And also people living there, they were trying to destroy Nehemiah completely. The non-Jewish people living there, they were conspiring against Nehemiah and they were trying to destroy them. They called Nehemiah for a discussion with an idea to kill them. Let's read that in chapter 6, verses 1 to 2. Now it happened when Sanballat and Dobeah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it. Verse 2 says that Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. They wanted to destroy Nehemiah and they said, You come on for a discussion. They were conspiring against Nehemiah. And there were false accusations on Nehemiah. They said that you, you, they were accusing, saying that you are trying to become a king among those people. But Nehemiah's intention was not that. Nehemiah wanted to build a wall to secure the land. But they were conspiring and telling false accusations against him, saying that you are trying to become a king. And you already set up the prophets to speak in favor of you. They spoke in favor of you. And now you are trying to become a king among them. But eventually, Nehemiah didn't give up. Finally, the wall, work of the wall was completed. The building of the wall was completed. Word of God says in Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 15, So the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul in 52 days. How many days they took to build the wall? In just 52 days, they built the wall. Can they do it by ordinary help? Ordinary means? No. God's strength was upon them. All of them, they worked day and night and they built the wall. And history says, if you can just go and find out how big that wall was, the length of the wall was 4,018 meters. The length of the wall was 4 kilometers. That was the length of the wall. And the height was 12 meters high. 12 meters high, 4 kilometers long, and the width of the wall, the thickness of the wall was two and a half meters. You know, it's a, such a thick, long, and tall wall. And there were 34 watchtowers and eight gates in that wall. This wall was rebuilt just in 52 days. You know, when God calls us to do something, he enables us to do things. He gives us strength to do it. He gives us grace to do it. You know, we don't need to worry about how things will happen, but God will make things to happen in our lives if God has called us to do something. Nehemiah understood this truth very clearly, and he went forward. 
the enemies of the Jews, they knew that it was the work of God. Word of God says in chapter 6, verse 16, the next verse, and it happened when all our enemies heard of it. They really surprised. And all the nations around us saw these things that they were very disheartened. They couldn't even handle it in their own eyes for they perceived that this work, work was done by our God. You know, they realized it was not just an ordinary man's work. It was the work of God. You know, today God does that in our lives. When he calls us to do something, as we obey, as Nehemiah obeyed, and he moved forward in spite of all the difficulties, in spite of all the discouragement, he was just moving forward to do the will of God, to do the desire of God in his life. And really, enemies, they understood. and They were surprised, saying that this was nothing but the work of God. And as Nehemiah built the wall around Jerusalem, he called Ezra, the priest, he was living at the same time. They were, just, they were just contemporaries. Ezra came there and he preached the word of God. If we read that in Nehemiah 8.2. Nehemiah 8.2. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women. And all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Nehemiah brought everybody together. Because people around them there, they saw the work of God. And now Ezra, the man of God, the priest, the, he started preaching the word of God. And Nehemiah 8.17 says, for the first time after the return, after the exile, they started celebrating the feast of the tabernacles. Verse 17, chapter 8. So the whole assembly of those who had returned from the captivity made booths and sat under the booths. For since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, until that day the children of Israel had not done so. And they were very in very great gladness. They were all happy because the wall is built, the temple is built, and the word of God is being preached there. And they were all living in the tents as they were celebrating the feast of the tabernacle there. And both Nehemiah chapter 12, let's move further to chapter 12 and verse 27 says, they were dedicating the wall for the glory of God. Now at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought out the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness, both with thanksgiving and singing with cymbals and stringed instruments and hearts. They were dedicating their wall for the glory of God. In verse 43 says, Also that day they offered great offerings and rejoiced, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. The women and the children also rejoiced, so that the city of Jerusalem was heard afar off, even from far, further away, they are able to hear the joy of the city. How that joy came to that city? Scripture says the women and the children also rejoice. Why? Because such a long time, as people were living in their distress, the men, they used to go to work, and the women and the children, they used to be at home. Not, there was not a good time that they can all get together in the presence of God. But now, Nehemiah, willing to listen to the call of God, and Ezra following along with Nehemiah to preach the word of God as they started working together in collaboration, bringing the city back in its own steps. Now we see here the word of God is being preached. And they all came together, and they were dedicating, and even the women and the whole family, they were rejoicing. The joy of Jerusalem was heard even from far. Nehemiah also brought back the Sabbath. Chapter 30, 
verses 15, 9, 15 and 19. If you remember, Ezra was worried about because people were not coming to church on the Sabbath day. Now Nehemiah did that, verse 15. In those days I saw people in Judah treading windpress on the Sabbath and bringing in, she in sheaves and loading donkeys with wine, grapes, fig, and all kinds of burdens which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I warned them about the day on which they were selling provisions. Nehemiah made a warning, strict warning to them, saying that this day is for God. Do not open your shop and start selling provisions on the day. Verse 19, so it was at the gates of Jerusalem, as it began to be dark before the Sabbath, that I commanded the gates to be shut. On the Sabbath day, the gates should be, should be shut and charged that they must not be opened till after the Sabbath. So he shut down the whole city for Sabbath day. And on Sunday, everybody was at the temple of God. You know what a joy it was for the people of God. Nehemiah brought back everything. And finally, in chapter 13, verses 23 and 25, scripture says, in those days, Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 23, in those days, I also saw Jews who had married women of Ashdod, Ammon, and Moab. And now, uh, let's continue to read. And half of their children spoke the language of Ashdod and could not speak the language of Judah. Even the children, they were so corrupted. They were just, you know, speaking the worldly language. All the foul uh, languages were spoken by the children of Israel, children of Judah. They couldn't speak their own language, but spoke according to the language of one or the other people. Verse 25, so I contended with them and cursed them, struck some of them and pulled out their hair. If you remember when Ezra came into the city of Jerusalem, by seeing all these things going on in the city of Jerusalem, he pulled his hair, crying out for the city of Jerusalem when Ezra came. Now here, Nehemiah is making the, he's pulling the hair from the people and telling them, look at what you have done in their life. You got married to someone who is ungodly, who is not, who doesn't believe in God. You just got married your son and your daughter to someone who is ungodly. And he, he made them swear by the name of God, saying, you shall not give your daughters as wives to their sons, nor take their daughters for your sons or yourselves, because you are a godly generation. Remember, you are Jewish. Remember, you are a godly generation. You need to live godly. Nehemiah brought everything into place. You know, this is what God wants us to do in our lives. You know, God doesn't want us to keep our eyes closed, thinking and seeing what is going on around in our lives. Nehemiah was a single man raised by God. And he was a temple builder. He was building the wall around the temple of God to bring everything back into the temple of God. Today, God is looking for such people. Nehemiah did not neglect the distress his people were going through. He heard about it. He heard about it. And he had the boldness to tell that before the king. That my people are living in distress. I need to go back to build the wall around the city. And he prayed to God. God gave him favor to do that. You know, there were ridicules, there were mockery, and there were opposition, and there were, you know, false witnesses, false accusations. Everything was on Nehemiah. But he never gave up. He was moving forward in the work of God. There were attacks coming from within his own people. And, you know, even people were exploiting the work, work of God, workers of God. And the lands and the houses were taken away by their own people. But Nehemiah 
was encouraging them to continue to build the temple, build the wall of God. And the wall was finally built, and people of God were brought back to the temple of God. And the celebration and the temple worship had started. Just one Nehemiah, just one temple builder, he received the call of God on that day. And God could do mighty things through this one man. And I'm sure God is expecting every one of us to listen to the call of God in our lives. Shall we close our eyes? Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.